Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Earl Fergoth Roth, these winners again. We've had them on before. I, I've been wanting to get you back on again. Uh, I'm trying to get you in more often because we enjoy having you on. Former FCC, Federal Communications Commission Chair. We ought to do a whole segment on the FCC, uh, frankly, uh, or a couple, because uh, that still remains an interesting place policy-wise. Um, well-known economist and uh, very well-established. He's with the Hudson Institute, which I'm a, a huge fan of, and uh, glad to have you back on the program. Recently, you know, everyone's debating about the debate, right? We just had another debate among the Republicans, and uh, people wonder why I even bother. I, I get very frustrated when the media says, why bother if Trump's not going to be there. That's very cynical. Frankly, with Trump not there, I'm actually getting to hear people in a way I wouldn't get if they were there, and all of us pretty much know where Trump stands, although that could change at any moment <laughs> on issues. So it's been, to me, refreshing to see the debates uh, so far. Talk a little bit about that, even though there's some crazy there and crazy there. It's been uh, good to hear some other voices. Talk a little bit about that, and welcome. Well, thank you for having me on. And, yes, I agree. I think it's it's good to see the debates. Uh, uh you know, the the format is a little frustrating with candidates talking over each other, but you still get you still get a sense of where the candidates are on many of the issues. You get a sense of their personality. Uh, you know, I think you'd like to get a better sense of uh, their uh, dignity and uh, judgment uh, under diff difficult circumstances. And I I'm not sure the current debate format uh, lends itself to that. But on balance, it still is worth watching. Yeah, it is. There's a little insanity there that I'm not sure is helping the Republican brand much. Uh, some of the things going on that are in the conspiracy camps and stuff like that that makes people's eyes blaze over and scratch their head. But, yeah, we need to hear their views. And uh, what it's been interesting to watch. You know, I, I've been a little hopeless about both parties for a long time. Uh, but there are some people in this race that I think are worth a good look at, including Tim Scott, who unfortunately I don't think is going to have the same power, uh, but I'm, I'm personally a fan of him. He seems very reasonable in a political environment that's not very reasonable. Um, and uh, Nikki Haley, both coming from the same state, you know, she might – be oddly the answer to uh, to uh, Trump um, after uh, getting a uh, uh, four years of Trump who was continuously accused of, and I think a case could made, be made of suffering from uh, uh, practicing misogyny and uh, arguably racist. Those those kinds of things be heard often. I kind of think uh, Trump is cantankerous and ugly to people in general. It's not racial or sexist. Uh, <laughs> but that's like kind of my take on that. She's a very, she comes across very strong. She has lots of the kind of experience I think people are looking for. I think she makes an interesting candidate. Uh, but tell me, give me your sense before we get into policy. What you thought were from a, what thoughts were from a perception? No, I agree. I think uh, I think Nikki Haley had a strong debate. Uh, I think DeSantis had a strong debate. Uh, look, I, I think most, if not all, of the people on stage demonstrated that uh, they have a command of issues, and uh, they mostly seem pretty reasonable in, in how they address them. Uh, so I, I think from that perspective, it, 
it's good for the for the Republican brand that uh, there's so many competent people out there willing to run for president. So in that debate, talk a little bit about policy uh, issues that you're seeing that uh, you thought were really worth revisiting today. Well, some I wish they had spent more time on uh, are, are things such as uh, the budget process. You know, we just we every few months we have one of these budgets showed in, and it really is a topic on which the president should be leading, and which the president should be taking affirmative action in uh, negotiating with uh, both the House and the Senate. And we've seen President Biden kind of missing in action on this. He's just been completely absent. And um, I think that would have been a, a great topic to have raised during the debate. Um, and, and it just, you know, there really wasn't any discussion of, of that. Um, I think there were some opportunities also to draw some connections between um, Ukraine and Russia and China and energy policy um, that the candidates kind of hinted at, but they really didn't quite articulate it as clearly as they could. You know, for example, um, who is president, who, who is um, uh, who is Russia's best friend right now uh, on, on the war? And arguably it's, arguably it's President Biden. Because Russia is held up by the price of oil and the price of gas, and um, uh, there's there's one person who could actually drive the price of energy down, and and that is President Biden. He could allow for drilling all over the place. He could allow for pipelines all over the place. He could allow for more refineries. He could allow for more port facilities. He could do everything in his power to drive the price of energy down which would bankrupt Russia and Putin. But instead, he does everything in the opposite direction. And, and the, one of the great beneficiaries of this, uh, raising the price of energy, is Putin. And, and who hurts the most? The American consumer. Uh, yeah. So that really didn't come across very clearly during the debate. I wish it had. Yeah, and I'm, and I think part of the dilemma, to be perfectly honest with you, is there seems to be Republicans – not necessarily any of those running for uh, for president, uh, but there seems to be Republicans kind of sympathetic to the Russian cause. I, I hate to say it, you know. Uh, they are so uh, pacifist, if you will, or so ostrich in their approach, they want nothing to do with it, which makes them essentially pro-Russia for all practical purposes. And they don't want to offend that group. They don't want to offend that crowd. There's a, there's a big sector, uh, particularly of the MAGA crowd, that, uh, uh, you know, talk about Ukrainian conspiracy, Ukrainian corruption. By the way, frankly, we've got our own corruption here. Anyone here, Bob Menendez? Um, you know, we've got, we got that in, on a large scale. Not to mention, uh, you know, laptops of former vice, former vice uh, of the sons of a former vice president that raises all kinds of ethical questions that I won't even go into President Trump. So, you know, you're not going to find any perfect people to support, but you've got a whole, whole swath who fall into that camp. And so I think you are absolutely right. They should have been calling that out. That's a brilliant strategy 
one that the Republicans have kind of clipped their wings in being able to go there because of the problem within the party of isolation. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. Now that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. And, uh, and then the candidates actually did point out on the China front that uh, the push for electric vehicles, the push for renewable energy, is um, it, the biggest beneficiary is is China. It's uh, because all of the uh, the uh, electric vehicles and all the elements for renewable energy are manufactured in China. And, and so it, it boosts their economy and hurts ours. <laughs> What's to like about this program? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Very interesting that, uh, you know, and it's interesting to see how they are going to uh, move forward on a lot of this. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the next debate pans out. And I, I do worry. I mean, I, I don't like Trump. I'm one of the rare people that have always voted Republican uh, since uh, Ronald Reagan, my first vote, vote um, who always voted Republican, who will, uh, when I was 18 years old, I, I was actually one of the few I've been proud of based on the horrible options. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people voted for Trump in 2016 and regretted it later. I never had that regret. Um, but by far the libertarian ticket with two former governors with really good records were the best ticket of the three options. And I was going to choose what was right rather than the uh, evil of two lessers, which is certainly what we had with the Republican, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Um, but I, uh, you know, I look at the situation and there's not much reality going on in, the, in terms of the Trump crowd. And we pretend the Trump crowd is the base of the Republican Party. Many of these people never voted Republican before. 20% of people who voted for Trump uh, voted for Barack Obama. I mean, they're just a group that's like a, a wild crowd that wants change, even if it's reckless. You know, uh, and a lot of them were, of course, I think, uh, well-intended uh, independents who clearly saw that what was going on with Hillary was not above board. And, uh, and so this, this guy, to me, politically, you get down to it, Trump is, is not going to bode well either because of political reality or because of legal re- reality. He's got a lot of things to overcome. And, and now some states are saying he's not even going to be allowed to be on a ticket. To me, there's just a lack of pragmatism that, uh, that needs to be coming into play that we're not seeing a lot in terms of the GLP. Meanwhile, I think a lot of those candidates would like to express that. And some of those candidates, like Chris Christie, have expressed that. But to go too far is almost suicide in a, uh, a party that only wants to hear what it wants to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, happy to... Happy to discuss any of that in more depth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot there to discuss, and and, and, and uh, that that would be uh, you know I, I I don't know what the answer is. You're a policy guy, frankly. That was my background. I I worked for the National Center for Public Policy Research in D.C. and when I worked on the Hill, I, you know I did I did politics as well, but I, I mainly consider myself a policy guy. And a lot of what we're talking about is pure politics. And let's face it, that has changed a lot, really, since uh, 2016. It's really hard to understand uh, the current political environment, particularly if you've always voted Republican or largely voted Republican. 
Final thoughts as we begin to wrap it up. What would you like to see from candidates in the next uh, GOP debate? Well, I, I'd like to see the format to, to um, allow candidates to have their dignity come through. Uh, I, 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 I worry that the format is much more of an audition for a late-night television host show format, and, and I, I just uh, find that really beneath the dignity of the office of the president. And I wish they would do something to uh, prevent candidates from talking over each other. Uh, you know, I think there ought to be just one live mic at a time. And, uh, and, and that that's what I'd really like to see. I'd like to see a much more dignified uh, discussion among adults rather than uh, uh, kind of what the what's been highlighted for the first two debates. Yeah, and of course, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And the reason why you won't see that happen is because really these these networks really want ratings. And the potential of an explosion between two candidates is a much greater driver for ratings than sensible debate that helps us become educated of what these people will do. That's just a tragedy, but that's reality, I'm afraid. That's how I see it. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. (laughs) Why don't you get your website, your best website? I know you're involved with a lot of different things. What's the best Uh, website for people to get more information? Hudson.org. And then uh, I'm one of the scholars there. You can look me up there. Yeah, and it's a great organization. I've I've been a long uh, fan of it, Harold Fergot-Roth. Thanks again for being with us. I look forward to getting back on in the future. I look forward to it, too. Thank you so much. And by the way, Harold, I don't know if you know it, your, your wife's on my show every month, so make sure you tell her Kevin said hello. <laughs> well, okay. Thank All you right. so much. Stay tuned for more right here on The Price of Business.